<laughs> Okie dokie. Hi everyone. Welcome to our second workshop in the Afrowave virtual series. And today we're going to be talking about a apparently hot topic and that is grant writing. Um, just how you secure funds to fund your work and get your music out there without totally breaking the bank. <laughs> um, my name is Karis. I'm going to be the moderator today. I'm a singer, songwriter, and most currently uh, director of operations at Afrowave. If you're not familiar with Afrowave, it's an initiative that was started by an artist, a Toronto-based artist named Lexicon, and it was created to kind of fill the gaps that he had seen in the industry as an artist himself. So um, just different platforms and exposure for artists that are in what we call culturally driven sound. So um, soca, reggae, reggaeton, dancehall, all those culturally driven genres seem to not get as much uh, chance for exposure. And there weren't many panels that kind of catered to what these artists needed and resources for these artists. So um, he created this initiative to kind of fill those gaps and allow those artists to have equal opportunity um, at those resources. Today we have Tanisha Richards from Manifesto and Natasha from Peace of Mind Arts. And they're gonna be talking to us about, um, <laughs> about grant writing. So I wanna give them both a chance to kind of give us a summary of their whole journey through the music industry or creative industry for Natasha. Um, and just kind of a little bit of background. If you need more detail, their bios are up on the Eventbrite page. So you can take a look at that afterwards. But yeah, feel free to also put anything um, you would like to know, like your questions or comments in the chat and we'll go through them as we continue with the convo, but there'll be an official question and answer section at around seven after the actual discussion. But yeah, uh, who wants to go first? Tanisha. Cool. So my name is Tanisha Richards Moritz. Um, I'm the operations and partnerships manager at Manifesto. Um, how I got started was completely by accident in the music industry. So I started in social work. That's what my background's in. And um, I kind of like went into, I, it wasn't my thing. So I went to um, finance shortly after, which also was not my thing. And then for those of you who don't know, Natasha is my sister. And she was kind of like, what are you doing? Like, you're great at like planning events. Like, that's what you need to be doing. So I kind of like went into event planning, doing parties, um, which kind of led me back into the nonprofit world. Um, but unfortunately, like doing birthday parties wasn't really paying my bills. So I kind of like moved more into the nonprofit world and um started working at Manifesto a year ago and I'm here still a year later. You know, I kind of, I, being operations, I do everything at Manifesto. So um, that includes grant writing. So that's why I'm here. Nice. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, introductions very understated, but mm, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like birthday parties that's all you do fundraisers <laughs> I did everything that would okay go ahead <laughs> so um my background is in theater um 
and I am a playwright and executive director of Peace of Mind Arts, which presents work and development by Black artists, um, mainly playwrights, um, that I started in 2013. And my grant writing um, was as an individual artist. I write also like poetry, spoken word. Um, I tried my hand many times in the early days being like, why am I not getting this? Um, and then I got into producing and did two internships, one with Obsidian Theater that taught me how to write a proper grant um, that allowed me to start my festival or peace of mind. And I also did a full year internship with a theater company and a dance company through Metcalf Foundation that paid me for full time 12 months um, as an artist manager. Well, well so, sorry, I should say arts management, um, which really encompasses everything um, from fundraising to uh, basic admin, um, producing, program management etc so I got to put my hands in everything even like design graphic design website and I was like damn <laughs> they're not paying me enough for this but I, I feel like I learned so much from that and have applied it since so I think I've written um a grant for every thing um probably except for a trillion in uh, a large project, but I have in smaller things. So I feel like, I feel experienced. Nice. So I guess you both kind of covered how you got into grant writing as well. Uh, Tanisha, tell us a little bit about the grants that you do for Manifesto or for any of the other events that you've um, hosted. Yeah, so... For Manifesto, it was kind of like when I first started writing grants. Mm -hmm. Before that, I was doing um, uh, like sponsorship, which is kind of similar to grants, but not at the same time. Um, but I do Ontario Arts Council, uh, Toronto's Arts Council, Ontario Creates, Factor, Trillium. Yes. Um, I think that's it from the top of my head. Canadian okay. Heritage? Canadian Heritage, yes. Canadian. See, I didn't even know that one. But no, this is a learning experience for me too. <laughs> All right, so my first question would be, um, generally, what would you say are first steps for an artist trying to secure a grant, um, especially if they have never done that before? I know for me, I got my first grant. It, lucky enough, it was like the first one that I wrote. I don't know why they gave it to me, but they did. <laughs> um, in 20. 14 for music and I had just migrated from Jamaica the year before so grants for those that do not know it's not a thing in Jamaica not like that usually it's for organizations or um, businesses that are gonna run like alongside government initiatives for artists it's just it's not a thing so coming here for me and knowing that oh there's like free money you can get for your work, I couldn't wrap my head around the idea or even know where to start with that. Um, but I took a chance at Factor back when it was a demo program and kind of just blindly did it 
And looking back now, if I was asked to do it again or what I did that made me get the grant, it was kind of like, I don't really know. I wrote what I needed to write and they gave me. So what are some of like the first steps that you could, um, that you would advise artists to take, especially if they're newcomers or they're immigrants or may not be familiar with a grant system even? Uh, ready. So one thing is what the eligibility of the grant is and I'd say what they all have in common for as far as I know mm -hmm. is being a professional artist and that means that you request payment in exchange for your art. Uh, if you have very little experience, just like if you're getting a job for the first time, you really have to like buffer um, what you've done and make a case for yourself. Um, so any associations and networks and even like little cabarets or whatever you've done, if you haven't really done much gigs is um, going to be important leverage. Um, but if you're like, hey, that's great, because I've done a ton of things, um, then you should uh, be in a good place as far as your qualifications. Yeah. Um, that would be the first first thing, because um, I know just reading grants as a, and a jury, um, your bio is one of the first things that people read or your organization profile and they want to be like okay so you've done this 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 moving on um but if you're like uh you know i played at that bar mitzvah <laughs> um 1999 it's gonna be like i see yeah. uh there are grants for um first-time projects or people that may not qualify for the the um like tac oac canada council um there's some on the fringe i think with q um and i'll write that down in the chat but artists on the margins they'll call them um that just don't have the experience or the equity you can apply for small grants like a thousand dollars to start you start you off tanisha for me, I think the first thing that I did when I started writing grants was A, to like attend like those like virtual meetings that they have to kind of go over like mm -hmm. the eligibility, what they're looking for. And they kind of like give you the answers to all of the questions because they really do want to support you. Yeah. Um, also, it's really important to like contact your grants, the granting officer that's assigned to the grant, yeah. even if you... I've made it a habit, even if I don't really have any questions, I'll still ask a question that I know the answer to just so that they become familiar with who I am and like what I'm doing. And like just remaining in like constant communication with them throughout ask because they want to, they want you to ask questions. So I think utilizing that and doing that will, when they see your grant come across, they'll immediately be like, oh, I remember them who did. Yeah. So that's my first steps. I think that um, that's a big thing too that you just touched on in terms of that connection. We talked about that in the last panel as well. Like music is such a network based, like the creative industry in general is such a network based thing that if like, cause I know for example, for the, they call them like facilitators, I think for Factor, the person who was facilitating the grant that I wrote, 
he was able like the second time that I wrote it, even though I didn't get it that second time, but he was familiar with what I had already done and was able to like better advise me that time um, because it wasn't the first time I was writing it and he had like seen my name before. So I think that was really good. Even um, when I was working and had to like help my workplace write a grant, it was so good to talk to that person beforehand because then when they see your grant come in, then they'll see that you actually like you took the effort to connect with them before. And I think too, that helps in your grant applications because um, Factor allows, even if you're writing a grant to also be like a juror for um, other genres and to see like the strongest applications I've seen at being a juror are the ones where they're like, oh, I know this person and I know that person. And even if you don't know the person yourself, it's like, oh, they know so many people. Like <laughs> They're so into this. Then, you know, it makes sense to give them a grant because you know that they're going to do something with it. So I think that's a really good point, like making connections and not just like isolating yourself and then you write a grant and not giving yourself the best, you know, chance at it. Um, so Tanisha, you've done, well, both of you have kind of done grants for organizations. Um, and Natasha, you've done for like individuals. Is there a difference in the two, would you say? Yes. Um, another thing to note is when you're applying for arts grants, unless otherwise specified, this is like a nonprofit venture, which also mm -hmm. confuses a lot of people, especially um, when you're trying to make a profit for your work. Um, mainly that means in your budget, if you're required to provide one, that your expenses and your revenues come up to zero. Mm -hmm. So if you're intending to like walk away with $20,000 after your concert, then you wouldn't um, qualify or you just have to see how you're going to uh, pay yourself or pay your team or kind of structure it in a way that 20000 makes sense for you to earn for the project. Um, but yeah, there's no kind of like profit model. Uh, and that goes for individuals or organizations. Nope, 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 nope. Amazing. Any input, Tanisha? Like, what would you say... Um, because I know you've written mostly for organizations, right? Yeah. Uh, give us kind of like a rundown of, of that. Like what um, what are some of the expectations of that? Because I know like, for example, at Lexicon being an artist starting this initiative now is a complete shift from like writing for just themselves versus writing for an actual business or organization. Yeah. So what are some of the things that are kind of like expected or that you see repeated in those requirements for organizations? I think the main thing is that they want to see how you're going to benefit the community, but also, and also generate income for the artists who you're supporting. It's kind of like the main things that I've noticed um, that all of the grants kind of ask of us. It's kind of like, not so much how is it going to benefit you, but how is it going to benefit the community? I think, um, that that could be that's one thing I think probably now thinking about it um helped in my application even even as an individual artist because I think they want to see to like how you are going to put back into the Canadian industry in some way so um 
being able to say, oh, I'm from this other place in the world and I'm able to like contribute to the cultural diversity and so and so. And so I think that even works as an individual. Uh, Natasha, you could probably speak on this too because you've done for an individual artist. What are some of the strategies um, that you implemented to kind of write your grants back when you were writing them for an individual? Um, individual is... Uh, a good place to start, mm -hmm. I'd say, with um, workshopping ideas. Yeah. Uh, you kind of have a lot of, a lot more leeway to dabble and explore. And some of the grants you might apply to say, we're not necessarily looking for this finished product or perfection, mm -hmm. but to see that, um, you reach your goal in the questions that you're asking. Um, for music, um, I mean, you can definitely experiment working with um, other team members, but whatever you can do um, solo or with a few people, I would say it would be good to go as an individual. But a huge, huge issue that you also see with um, people submitting projects in which they have taken on five different roles and you're like sir madam are you intending to do this without going crazy and it's really big when you've been working independently on your own without funding yeah. and you're like well in the past I've been the producer I've been the artist I've been the mixer I've been you know um the, the promoter did I say that whatever um and in reality uh, a really good solid project would have people contributing to different roles and so it, it's more likely that would be successful yeah. so just because you may have done it that way in the past or you feel like I'm the only person who knows how to do this properly I think it'd be more well received to know that a you thought this through yeah. uh, and have experience putting together a project, but also you have connections to people, professional artists that know what they're doing. Makes sense. And it's definitely the same thing for the community organizations. The more like, um, like they ask, like, are you working with any other organizations? Um, I think when you collaborate, I think it's also a good look. Um, and they're more like Tasha said, it's more well-received when you're working with a bunch of different organizations. They like to see like the community coming together. Yeah. There we go again, people. It's good <laughs> to make connections and not burn <laughs> bridges. Um, so the next question that I wanted to ask are, well, we have a question here for Natasha. I think would be good to reach out uh, to do that one before moving on. What are the organizations that provide small grants for people who are just starting out? So that's from Larissa. Mm -hmm. um, well, I do know that Q and Vibe Arts um, provide those micro grants. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say, um, at least with the arts cancels, they um, provide all the arts as far as like dance, music, theater, uh, visual arts. I may be missing something. Um, I don't know if, uh, 
going into um a lot of people have questions like that are a little business related like i i'm a fashion designer or i'm an event planner or i'm an artist manager and like where do i fit into this because i'm still working in an art form um but i don't see where i fit yeah. in here unfortunately i don't either and it's uh, it's um doesn't appear fair and I don't have much resources um, for people that don't feel like they fit within um, the artist definitions. But that's one thing that it's not um, widespread of how the arts are supported. It's pretty much like the the basics. Mm-hmm. I know that um, Ontario Creates has a grant for like music managers and producers. That's something that anyone that isn't, I guess, directly, like, more in the business of art instead of, like, an artist. Yeah. Um, Oh, we have someone asking for the... There are some resources that we've already put in the chat. Uh, What I'll do also, just because we have them being requested here, is put Afrowave's uh, email address, and then you can reach out after, and we'll try to send you a resource list. Uh, if you're interested in getting that, because Trisha just asked us um, for the resources. But yeah, so it's operations at Afrowave to you. So just feel free to reach out and then we'll have that sent to you. Okie dokie. Um, so the next thing I wanted to ask was the things that you would advise an artist not to do when writing a grant, because there are a lot of things that you can do, but sometimes it's that thing that you should not have done <laughs> that breaks you. <laughs> so what are some of the things that maybe even from your own experience that you probably put in a grant and then you're like, mm, no, never should have said that <laughs> or should have said that. So what are some of the things that you would advise artists not to do? Tanisha, we could start with you. I think that we have a bad habit of over-explaining ourselves. Oh, yeah. We have to remember yeah. that these people are like, reading like between 50 to 50 plus and they don't want to hear you repeat yourself over and over again I think getting straight to the point being concise even though there's a 500 word limit it does not mean that you need to use use 500 words if you can get what you need to say in 150 words then do that Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that and also not so much around like writing the grant but we all ha- also have a bad habit of like leaving things to last minute. Um, I give myself a try to give myself at least a month to like start reviewing and like looking over the grant. But I think at minimum two weeks, anything after that, you're going to be like pulling out your hair because even if you know what you want to write about, it just seems like so much harder because of the pressure. And I would say the last thing is, Often we go onto these grant websites and see like, oh, we get 50K to do this kind of project. And you kind mm-hmm. of try to create a project to fit that grant, which also becomes very difficult to write the grant because you're not really like passionate about it. Yeah. It's better to have an idea of like what you want to, what you're going in looking for. And then it, it's just easier to write about that way. So find what project you want to do and then look for a grant for that instead of vice versa. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, no, not right. I would also say um, a lot of grants are now you can um, they have online portals. So even if <laughs> you know you're getting down to the last minute, once that's closed, it's closed, baby. 
And I mean, you might have got away with it in those paper applications, but those days have ended. Yeah. Um, I would also say you see a $50,000 um, grant. Uh, don't just apply for the most part. There's always exceptions to the rule, but don't just apply for that 50000 and have no diversified other sources of revenue because they're like you're basically saying you're broke like that's how they're reading it so you have no other money coming through mm. um, <laughs> so you have a little bad and bougie in your application um at least for organizations not so much with individuals because i think they understand that you're broke um but you gotta look the part um with the larger projects Mm -hmm. uh, so applying for different sources of funding, as well as getting your fundraising, um, even if you're putting your own little pocket money, whether it's like you know, investing $500 of your own money, for example, um, sponsors, etc. They just like to see that you have diversified sources of income, because if you don't get that 50k from that funder, your project is not happening. Whereas if maybe you got 30K from other places and not the money that you're asking from them, you can still do your project. You just have to scale it down. Um, and at the same time, uh, I wouldn't pad your project too much. Um, I just read a, a grant that had a contingency of $40,000. Oh my God. Sorry, what? Um, and I'm like, that would make sense more for like a construction project or a major budget film, but for yeah. a theater project, I don't see why you're hold withholding 40000 yeah. just because I'm like, I don't, you're showing like, you don't know how to manage the money that you have. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to make your budget so small where you're like, so I'm not going to pay the artist just to save a few bucks and, you know, we're just going to put money into the venue and, and make up yeah. like you have to pay artists that's actually the um the goal and must of the majority of grants that artists have to be paid and you should look at industry stand standards um for what you're applying for so if you have um an artist look at um i don't know what the artist union for musical artists would be but for example in theater it's um equity so i would be like okay so if i'm working um with a fringe show which is not a, a, a large production um i know we're not going to make a lot of money in this sense we can do a profit share and everyone can get paid from the box office a certain percentage if i'm doing a larger project and that means based on the amount of seats i have to pay everybody like let's say $850 a week. So that needs to be in your budget. If you're like, damn, my budget's already at 60000 that's what it needs to be at. So don't be scared of the number if you're paying people properly because that will actually reflect better on you. Yeah. That's my two cents for now. <laughs> okay. I think in line with that too, um, speaking specifically to um, musical artists, I know for Factor, so Factor changed their demo uh, grant application. So before you could get $2,000 um, 
for a demo and it was this whole long thing. It was pages on pages on pages. Um, but now they've literally reduced that to three questions. And so the barrier of entry has gone from like, oh, you know, you have a great chance of getting this if you write a good application to like, everybody's applying for this, you may not get this. They moved it to in terms of the amount of, um, what is it? Like they give you a rating. So um, certain artists will get like a one if you're a general artist and then like artists that are two and three are like people who are actually like making money um, from their work. It's kind of like their livelihood now, they're not just starting out. Um, so I think they they actually moved that as well. So now you are competing with artists who have been doing this and are making money from this too. So it completely like squashed, <laughs> you know, your chances. Um, but one thing that's kind of stayed the same and uh, talking to a lot of my peers, they've kind of uh, not quite gotten the handle on this is that you have to, the grant has to be 75% of your budget. So I've seen a lot of people try to like, things they didn't plan to do, they're like, okay, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna do that. They don't actually plan to do it, but they wanna make it look like the grant is gonna be 75% off the budget. Um, so I think that's also a good thing too. I think that as honest as you can be, in your application is really important because these uh, jurors and the people who are actually selecting who gets the grants um, have seen all there is to see in the book and they will know if you're lying <laughs> on your application or they'll be able to pick up quickly that something doesn't add up. Um, and I think too, you were saying, yeah. You do get the grant yeah. and spend it properly or you underspend, they'll ask you for the money back. Yeah, like that was the next thing I was gonna <laughs> get to. But um, <laughs> exactly, that's a good point. On that note too, you know, uh, Natasha, you said like, don't pad your, like your application too much. And I think too, um, that it's also important not to undersell what you've done. Cause a lot of times as artists, we are so humble to our own detriment. So we'll do something really amazing and kind of downplay it because it's become like so competitive. Especially Factor, because everyone knows about Factor, um, or most people do. So it's become so competitive now that you kind of have to say, yeah, I worked with this person, I did that person, but kind of doing it in a way that doesn't, as you say, like, put to over explain or like put too much in, um, in the application as well. And did we, yeah, we did answer this question that just came in. Um, so on that note that you brought up, Tanisha, about uh, how you spend and kind of like the reporting aspect of it. Um, give us a rundown of what that looks like for the grants that you apply to. Like, how do you organize stuff? How do you kind of prepare for that reporting part? Cause they're um, for the attendees that are on that probably haven't written a grant. So you get this money, you get all excited, you get your project done, but you have to also um, submit receipts and, everything to prove that you use this money the way you said you were going to use it. Um, that's one of the things that kind of caught me off guard the first time I got a grant. So I had to backtrack and spend weeks and weeks trying to find proof that I did all this. Um, and not just any proof, but like proof that they would accept <laughs> that I did all this. So how do you go about kind of getting ready for that aspect of grant writing and organizing yourself? So all the grants are different. 
So mm-hmm. I know doctor has the longest process ever. Like they literally ask you for everything. <laughs> everything. Um, but for other, so what I do is I kind of, I have a folder mm-hmm. and I also have like an Excel spreadsheet. So I'll have the cost, like how much I'm paying people or whatever expenses I'm doing. Um, when it happened, when I pay people, when it went out of my bank account, and then if the invoice is in this other folder or receipts are in this folder. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like, I also organize it by like artist fees, um, service fees, like I very detailed so that if you do by chance get audited for like, so like for Celebrate Ontario or Ontario Creates, you don't have to submit your receipts with it, but you could get audited where they'll ask you for the receipts. So it's important to always have them. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I pretty much, it's really just like, as soon as you spend it, track it. It's kind of like my go-to in terms of like spending. And then everything else is kind of like just answering questions like, what was the outcome? Did you achieve your outcome? Why or why hmm. not? Um, those kind of things, like basic questions that should be easy to answer. Yeah. Anything, Natasha? Um, well, one, you have to acknowledge where you get the funding from um, in your promotions and maybe public acknowledgement. So if you made like a big video, this is in your budget line, you said you're going to pay a video artist like $1,000 to film and edit it's bashment got so much views whatever and then uh when it comes time to reporting you're like oh my goodness i forgot (laughs) to add the logo of canada council this is so shameful and then you call the videographer and you're like can you please add it so i can send it to them and make it look like it's there the entire time um you don't want to get caught slipping like that because they will not um be happy about it and uh a lot of times they do have um you know staff that track these things so again if you have a poster you printed a thousand posters and you're like oh shoot i forgot to put the logo on that like (laughs) it's just disrespectful to them to be like oh really so we gave you 15k are you gonna like say nothing um when you're at your events you just want to also get acknowledged um the funders can't talk to you thank you um and yeah so they're gonna want to see ways in which you promoted um or acknowledged so that has to be there um you have to submit your report or you cannot apply for more funding so you might like oh this is perfect we have this project on the go but forgot to submit that report and now you're stuck um keep copies of past grants and you know continuing to update but you don't want to be writing a grant from scratch every single time it's like a really big energy consumer and um people are going to ask you for this information um the more engaged you are in the arts world so um just continue to like track the stuff not that you're like copying pasting but you don't have to go from the beginning rewrite everything yeah i think um also a note about factor factors made some it's the grant that i have the most experience with 
obviously. <laughs> They've made some good improvements to things. And um, one of the things that they do that I know a lot of artists aren't aware of is, um, I forgot what they call it, but I think it's like artist contribution. So sometimes you sit and you go on Wix and you spend all this money every year to keep this website that you so creatively designed. Um, that counts as artist contribution. There are other things to that. It's kind of stuff that you did in-house that you would normally pay other people for. Um, so that's a good thing to kind of help with your uh, budget as well in terms of tips and tricks um, for artists that aren't aware because they do allow you, I think it's up to 500 dollars of artist contribution so things that you may have done that you probably would have paid a third party for you can up to five hundred dollars you can um add that as well but it has to make sense um you can't like for example they probably wouldn't accept or oh, produce this whole album myself <laughs> as because that's what they are giving you the money for um in most cases so it's kind of stuff like your website or um, any of those other little things that kind of come around the music itself since they are funding the creation of the music. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a good thing to note as well. Um, say if you do underspend um, from what you originally suggested, so long as it fits within, so like if you have to do, if they're only giving you 50% of your total budget, yeah. so long as the amount that you got is within that margin then it's okay if you underspent your original budget yeah. can i also say something about taxes because that will come up um especially for organizations um the more money that you're receiving whether it's through grants or or sales or whatever um you're gonna start having to report once it's over thirty thousand. And if you're paying artists, even if they're contract workers, they're going to be asking for that T4. They're not trying to be under the radar. Mm -hmm. um, so in that admin um, budget, a lot of times you should consider um, incorporating um, or, I mean, a basic incorporation is really all that's needed. But if it's under your name, just know that all that money is under your name as well um a, a separate bank account and you know hiring an accountant or a bookkeeper even project based to um, track that spending and know how you are supposed to be reporting it to the government and in the case that you have an audit because of a certain amount that you've received you know how to manage that Nisha, mm -hmm. how much is an audit a hundred oh to ought to pay an no, audit to pay an audit yeah pay an auditor it honestly depends on the time but it varies from like 1500 plus yeah how much time average, it's like six thousand per year if you're um getting a, a standard audit um so those are things to budget for because you'd be like oh i did not know that i did not know and <laughs> now you know exactly yeah uh, good to know that as well. Especially, um, another thing that came up just as you were talking was um, when you are, two things actually, when you are doing taxes, they do ask you about grants and bursaries and everything that you've received, even as an individual. Um, so that's one thing that I had to put on as well. Um, scholarships, everything, they want to know. 
if they helped you in any way um just for their own like reporting and so on so that's it's good to keep track of it for that too and one thing that you can help to keep track of i use um wave it's like free and you can easily it can connect to your bank account and everything if you want to go that far as well um and just kind of track everything in that as best as you can i know quickbooks probably does more um but it is some money out of your pocket for that as well um and invoices and stuff usually when i was collaborating with um say a producer or something you kind of just pay them and and that's it and then you and them forget about that whole thing that happened so it's good to get invoices from people no matter how small you think the project um project is or oh i'm just putting it on youtube or just on my website but you have that to um just in case anything else comes up as well, you can say like, oh, I paid this. Like I sent you this invoice and it was paid on this day. So it's good to have that to keep track too because then um, it also helps you in organizing, I think, um, everything so that when it is time to kind of get into that reporting, then you're not like, oh, what was this for? What was that for? So putting in like proper information is also important. Um, the other thing that I was going to say um, in relation to like you were saying, Natasha, keeping old grants and so on. The other thing that Factor does have is jury feedback. I thought that was a really good thing that they implemented recently. So you actually have to request it, and I do advise artists to request it. When you get your grant back and they're like, oh, this is your score. Sorry, you didn't get the grant. It's really good to kind of message and say, hey, um, were there any comments left? Because jurors do leave comments. And mm -hmm. that way you can know because when you just not like you don't get a grant and then you apply the next year, but you don't know why you didn't get the grant before. So even for me, like I was able to see, oh, like your plan was good. We loved the song. We just didn't like that. Oh, you weren't budgeting enough towards social media or there are little comments like um, song was really good, but you needed to add more in terms of what you plan to do. Like they wanted to see a bigger budget. Mm -hmm. And for me, like I probably would have applied for the grant next time and still use the same kind of budget but um it's good to have that feedback so at least you know where you're falling down and and you know etc you can write a better grant the next time um even the, organizations yeah. as well like yeah. most of the granting um if you ask they'll be more than happy to either look over it and like give you like yeah. a quick yeah like, or they have already the answers and most of them will get on the phone with you and like go over your grant with you. Yeah. Cause I remember um, even being in a workshop similar to this and there was someone from factor and he was saying, he's like, the government dedicates so much money to arts um, in terms of grants. And a lot of times people don't apply for them or um, not as many persons apply for them or artists don't put, enough effort into getting them and they're actually people whose job it is to sit with you and kind of um coach you through it so that you have a better chance at getting it and then it's kind of like the question of why wouldn't people put effort into doing it because it's money that you're getting to fund something that you love um so he kind of just talked about that in terms of um people not utilizing those resources that are available for them, like coaching calls and, and people just kind of helping you through the grant. Um, what would be your advice on writing a grant yourself versus getting a professional grant writer, especially for like individual artists, like mm -hmm. your on the spot opinion? 
my I would say that for me, grant writing is probably the most like the worst thing because <laughs> it's not you're putting in all this work and nothing's guaranteed to you. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, like it would be nice to have a grant writer to like mm-hmm. who is like very experienced, like super experienced. I've only been writing grants for a year. Um but someone that I know, like, they're going to write it and the chances of them getting it are higher than the chances of me getting it by myself. Or even just, thankfully, my sister is a grant writer. So I don't, so even like sending it over to someone to like review and like give like feedback is like super important. Yeah. Natasha? Um, I would advise that at least for individual um, type grants that you write them yourself with mm-hmm. feedback. If you can get two people to provide feedback because those also tend to be um, smaller uh, grants in terms of like how much they ask. Yeah. Um, the, the problem would be um, with artists, artists are reading your grants. So the more you can be authentic to what your project is, the better. Yeah. You might have issues when it comes to um, like marketing, outreach, and budget, and things like that. And that's where you can get um, more support. Mm-hmm. But if you, even if you do have a grant writer, you're going to have to provide them with that if- information anyway. Um, so it's just like how much work, you're going to have to do some work anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I'll that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess summing up, kind of utilize the people that are around you. So you're not just kind of in your own bubble doing it. But <laughs> you can do it by yourself, but get feedback and like review. I think that's, especially if you don't, like if you're not an organization and have like a budget for yeah. that kind of third-party expense, then that would be really good too. Um, I know one thing that was helpful for me was bouncing it off um, people who weren't in music at all. Like, I know a lot of times we, like, especially as artists, you reach out and you're like, hey, what do you think about this song? And you're going to get a musical opinion on it. And I think it's the same thing for grants too, whereas someone who probably isn't in music would hear something else. Um, that's really important because there will be a lot of people listening to music that aren't in music. And I think it's the same thing with grants too, that if you can bounce it off someone who doesn't understand that lingo or isn't in that organization, it could be helpful in terms of, Hey, use this word too many times, or that's not really clear or something like that. So I think that was really helpful for me as well. Cause even like my mom, she isn't into the music industry and to have her like read my grant and be like, you said too much here. I really still don't get what you're trying to say here um, was helpful to kind of say what I needed to say in less words. Cause that's, that's another point to like identifying what your weakness is. And then probably that will help you to find the people that you need to kind of help you review that. Um, on the note of factor, <laughs> we <laughs> lexicon and I kind of did, uh, I think it was like at the beginning of the, um, kind of resurgence of the whole Black Lives Matter. (laughs) Um, We did research into funding for the genres that Afrowave does support, um, which is like soca, for those who just came in, um, soca, reggaeton, reggae, dancehall, 
um, those genres that are culturally driven and tend to be mostly consistent of um, artists of like African descent and Afro-Caribbean or um, Afro-Latino descent. And we did notice that those genres were significantly less funded than genres like alt-rock and um, they call it Canadiana and a bunch of other genres where you typically would not find people of color. Um, one or two exceptions, but for the most part, there was that reggae was significantly underfunded. Um, uh, dancehall was wrapped into reggae, even though people of color separate them. <laughs> and so there wasn't even much about reggaeton and, and little, um, like smaller subgenres that we could find. And so it kind of posed the question of how hard is it for artists of color to kind of get those grants? Um, so is there anything that you can say on that based on like your experience? Like, have you had difficulty um, getting a grant? Natasha, maybe you're able to speak more on this in terms of what your organization does, but have you found that in your industry or had difficulty getting a grant because of that or found that it's been harder for you to secure resources that would help you get a grant in terms of um, that relation to artists of color. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, systemic racism exists uh, everywhere. So also in grants. Um, I would say uh, it seems to be getting better because a lot of the juries are composed of the artists that they will consider priority. Um, so that could be like francophone, it could be young generation of like 18 to 30 year olds, can be indigenous, um, people of color, and disabled. So mm -hmm. that helps um, get different opinions in the room. Um, because I could, I remember being on a spoken word jury and there's literal spoken word and there's a juror like, I don't get, I don't get what's happening. <laughs> and I'm like... Okay. Well, there's very there's different understandings of what that means. Yeah. Uh, so there will be someone like me or or another artist to be like, no, that's right on time, sir. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and there's also uh, when you kind of get into statistics, a lot of times that you would maybe um, in defending you know, why this project is important or urgent, and you start talking about, you know, Black, for example, um, Black artists being um, underrepresented in a certain genre, a lot of times they're like, but, like, where is the proof? And you're like, I just told you, but where's the proof? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, okay, so no amount of proof is going to prove it to you. Mm -hmm. um, and in a sense, sometimes just um, advocating for yourself if there's someone that is um, hoarding these deep dark resentments they're just gonna be against it so I don't know sometimes it, it it's great to to claim um, the cultural background or significance of who's applying that's not part of the mainstream culture and sometimes it's a hindrance because it's just misinterpreted um, as some type of like struggle narrative, which it is not. So 
Yeah, I think it's just a fine line of like how much information um, you give about yourself. So that's why, you know, sometimes you just got to focus on the story and what you're trying to project and not so much on who you are and what you're composed of because, yeah, it's just, it gets into different territory, which is like subjective. Yeah. Makes sense. We can we can do stuff. Yeah, I agree. Tanisha, <laughs> <laughs> anything from you on that? No, I agree with everything that Natasha had pointed out. I've never been on on a jury before, but I do mm-hmm. know that um, speaking to granting officers, knowing that they're trying to do better, mm-hmm. but still have a long way to go in terms of like representation, even like the term "persons of color." that's yeah. like so broad um, yeah, it doesn't is. necessarily mean that there's a black person on the jury yeah yeah oh and um like just a little insight too just like a lot of projects especially now or like post-covid are extra hard claiming diversity and <laughs> not funded i mean sorry not um led by diverse artists it's like white project leads with like black artists like black actors in this case and i'm like so the writer's not black the director's not black the producer's not black the stage is not black but this is that diverse show that you researched Uh indigenous culture to write about i'm like no (laughs) Um, so i mean it, it might really feel like a snub to see um still a lot of lacking real equity um in the arts but that's kind of like a loophole for a lot of people to say like oh yeah we're gonna make the Shakespearean play diverse but it's like it couldn't be more (laughs) Eurocentric so that's how the cookie crumbles yeah goes right back to like being honest in your application right because um a lot of times you like artists or like creatives will attach their application to this cause that they're not necessarily passionate about because they think it's going to give them a better opportunity um and it could come across you know as being as as not being genuine to whoever is reading that application um so that's also a really good point too that just being honest in what you're applying for if if it's not a fit for the grant then it's just not a fit (laughs) for the grant no matter how you try um so that is a good point as well um the other go ahead it's important like as um the people who are submitting these grants like integrity Mm -hmm. it's like super important yeah when a grant is asking for like black-led organizations like if there's only like even um if the ED or the person running the organization is black, mm-hmm. but everyone below or mm-hmm. the yeah. are working for them are white um, or other, I mm-hmm. feel like you should, you know, be hold your integrity high and be like, this is not the grant for me. Mm-hmm. Send it on to an organization that is for real black led. Yeah. yeah. And there are grants available, especially here in Canada, we are blessed to have so many grants available mm-hmm. um, for almost everything that you can possibly think of. So, you know, on that point, like even if you didn't get to apply to this particular grant, there is another grant you can apply to. Um, and there are always other grants you can apply to. So 
um, just kind of going back to like holding that integrity. Um, on that note, are there any resources that you could recommend that are like BIPOC specific, like for people of color that you maybe know about? Well, I know there's some in the works, in the pipeline. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure what they're going to look like, but they have been doing consultations. I know um, TAC is working on something. Yeah. Canada Council for the Arts did have um, funding, um, extra funding available for, I think, Black-led uh, organizations that they automatically calculated um, and dispersed. So it's like if you were already in their system, already receiving mm. funding, then you would have. But there aren't many, at least, okay, and I'm speaking from theater, but um, there's a few theaters that are Black-led um, or creating Black content, I should say, because that's also important. Um, should be Obsidian and then one in Montreal, Black Theatre Workshop, are the two main players. So yeah. a lot of times um, you, you might think that there's a lot of work out there, but in comparison to all the other works that are out, it's like, yeah, it's kind of a needle in the haystack. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And I know there are a lot of, um, I've, I've had, a couple friends send me a lot of um, like grant specific to minority groups on Instagram that are coming up a lot now. Well, have always been there, but are finally getting the recognition they <laughs> deserve. Um, but a lot of them are Toronto specific. So uh, I know there are a lot of those on Instagram um, in terms of resources that I can think of as well. As well. Tanisha, any? Yeah, most of the grants that I've applied for um, kind of ask if those are the communities that they serve because they kind of put priority yeah. to those um, uh, those kind of projects. But yeah. I know also that um, that Canadian Heritage is like creating, like Tasha said, there's a lot of like things in the works. Um, I know Canadian Heritage is also working on um, a grant specific to uh, mm -hmm black lead and black um, content as well yeah okay dokey so best before we get to question and answer i know there are a couple questions here um anyone else who has a question we'll be going into the q a section now so feel free to post that either um there's a little button say q a at the bottom of your screen or in the chat itself doesn't matter i have both screens open so i'll just ask the panelists that um but before we move into that is there any general takeaway, anything you wanted to add before we get to those questions? Just on grants and grant writing. There's a few things, because I made a few notes on the side, mm -hmm. um, but you might be asked for a supplementary budget, which is basically breaking down um, further what you said you're gonna get. So if you have on your budget line, box office is 4,000, then you would break down what does that mean? how much seats do you expect to um, sell out? For example, I think I'm gonna sell 50%. Uh -huh. Industry standard is 30% in theater, which you might be like, Bauxite. Oh, we're not 
but it's very conservative. So that's another thing to think about that you don't have to say like I expect to sell out all like ten of my shows. Yeah. Um, they're they're just kind of looking for something that might be more realistic. Yeah. Um, so break down what it means in your budget, how you're paying your artists, um, and such. If you have a link to your website or or social media pages, like try and make sure that they're up to date because I don't want to look click onto your Instagram and the last post you did was in January 2019. I'm like, okay, so like you're not doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, or your website is like, come to our new show that we did in like 2017. Uh, yeah, so it should look a little judged up if you know people are going to look. Um, your support material, make sure it's relevant to the project. Mm. Um, I think people sometimes post or add things um, that they've done with other projects, but there's no like correlation. So you're like, okay, that was cool. But what does that tell me about what you're doing now? Um, you know, it could be like, oh, this is a concert that I did, but now you're um, doing a, a new project. So we're trying to find out how you work or what's your style etc so like do you have the skills to carry that out i saw a really great video that was showing the development process of people having a rehearsal mm -hmm. they're reading lines they're talking about like what works what doesn't they're trying to do some audio work with um a different language happening at the same time that people saying like oh i can't understand like when that's happening they're like okay good feedback and they're like and hello I'm Natasha, the director, and my concept was da 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 da, -da and they go back to some B-roll, and I was like, okay, you're bringing me through the story. Yeah. Like I feel like so connected now versus just like choo, 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 some lights and like concert, 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 concert. <laughs> um, so as an artist, like you can feel free to like play it more of um, the the connectivity, the emotion. Um, it doesn't have to be like so commercial yeah um and with your concept like it might be something as simple as um I'm doing like an 80s homage to the 80s you know what the 80s are I know what the 80s are so yeah something like that it's like you have to go more into detail what specifically about the 80s do you like what experience with the 80s do you have um, like how are you going to break down your songs, etc. but kind of just giving a little token of information is like, I don't understand what this project is. Um, and then links, if you're adding links, please don't send some whole gigabot, gigabot, gigawatt, gigafot. Like I don't want to crush my computer. Just give me a YouTube link, a Vimeo link, a Dropbox link, um, and try and avoid, <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> large yeah. files. Mm -hmm. um, because, you, I mean, like, I'm supposed to, and I do, um, download them, but I feel hesitant about contracting a virus. Mm -hmm. um, and I think those are the other little notes that I had. Uh, just on, off your point before we get in with Tanisha um, and then to our questions that we have here. Um, for artists in the in participation right now, attendance, uh, most of the grants that, all the grants that I've ever written have asked me for supplementary links. 
So if you don't have a website, you may want to just put, if it's even a landing page up, um, because grants will invest in you when they see that you're investing in yourself. They don't want to just give, they could give money to any artist, but they want to see that you are doing something. Um, so having a little YouTube channel where you put a cover or an original, some, just have other things other than, hey, this is the track that I want funding for. So I know a website was really helpful for me. Social media, I know um, our last panelist was saying, even if you don't use Twitter, have a Twitter account and just go on one, two times, put something up, just kind of keep it updated. You don't need to do it the way you do Instagram or Snapchat or whatever else that you do in terms of social media, um, but kind of be present, kind of show that you are investing your time, your energy and your own money into this um, so that they'll be more willing to invest in you. So that's a good point to um, just off what Natasha was saying. Tanisha, and then we'll get straight to our questions. I think from an organizational standpoint, um, it's important to be creative. Mm -hmm. um, I think what we see a lot of is like repetition. And, you know, what I love about AfroWave is that you guys saw that there was like that something missing and you kind of filled that gap. And I think that's important to... I'll take lexicon. That is what's important to like, kind of like ensure, even if sometimes if a granting officer sees like something that's unique and maybe you didn't yeah. write your grant properly, they'll email you and be like, hey, just change this up a little bit and yeah. it. If yeah. they feel as though it's something that the community or your the group that you're serving needs. So I would say to honestly think long and hard um, about um, what kind of programming you're putting out there. Mm -hmm. Look at what's already out there and see what's missing. Mm -hmm. And that will kind of like guarantee success, in my opinion. Same thing for artists too. Um, our panelists said it last week too. Like you, you don't want to give. Uh, obviously, it's kind of hard to come up with something that's never ever been done before, completely out of the box. But you want to. It's a saturated market, the creative industry, and you want to stand out in some way and kind of prove that you are worthy. You want to give them something that's going to make them remember your grant exactly um, because they because, are yeah they're going through a whole oh lot like no. just talked about someone that did this like crazy thing yeah like, at 100 grants but she's yeah. like oh, remembered that one yeah so just so we have enough time with our questions here i see one from chris chris is asking he says hi natasha and tanisha great to see you both again um and thank you for your time so his question is What's your experience or do you know if it's possible to have your for-profit business partner with a non-for-profit proxy in order to gain access to grant funds um, for a specific project aimed to get artists paid and make a profit? So could you uh, partner with, could a for-profit partner with a not-for-profit in order to gain funds you probably wouldn't be able to as a for-profit? I know in some cases um, with outside of the arts councils, that is a possibility but those tend to be very large-scale grants oh. um, that are like three-tiered and at the top tier it's like you know um what they would call like societal change in some way so adding on a business with this for uh non-for-profit uh you're coming together would be like say some hundred thousand or five hundred thousand dollar grant to make uh -huh vital change and that's why it's such a large scale but otherwise 
Um, they want to see for, uh, sorry, non-for-profit point blank period, which I mean, I don't fundamentally agree with, um, with artists and in Canada, it's like maybe 98% of arts are under the nonprofit umbrella. And I think it kind of devalues, um, art over time and, makes it very competitive but with a ceiling um and for the the for-profit at least in theater that i know of like mervish is a good example and like one of the few examples but that's also like big bucks because they they own all these properties venues they're bringing in large-scale productions that are seen worldwide that they know people are going to go to you're not going to see um something kind of like unconventional um canadian original play it's yeah. going to be like the lion king <laughs> yeah. so um i think it is difficult to find that balance of like the long term of the arts when you do want to start to get commercial success and in at the end of the day i think the answer to that is just taking the risk um and finding wherever that revenue is going to come from whether you build it from the ground up or you have a, a modest you know investment of a million dollars so <laughs> Either or, um, it's just not designed at this point to uh, thrive as both. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other question, what are the main grants that come to mind if you don't live in Toronto? Uh, so we went over a couple of those, uh, Lincoln, and I'll also uh, get a resource list that we'll send. I'll put the email again. So it's operations at afrowave.to.com. Um, and then if you just email us there, then I can send that to you. But we talked about like Tor Toronto Arts Council is specific to Toronto. Um, so there's like Ontario Arts Council. Um, there's Factor. Ladies, help me with Council. And most of the cities have their own grants as well. Have their own. Yeah, I know. Like even in Hamilton out here. Have, like, their own grant, um, yeah. like specific art grants. So my suggestion is, is Google is your best friend and to yeah. go into Google and type in like music, art or art grants in Brampton or whatever city you're from and then something will pop up. Um, I know there's also, you also have to pay for it, but there's a resource called Grant Genie mm -hmm. uh, that pretty much has like all the grants you can imagine and it's like you fill in the blanks of what your project is and it'll give you all the grants that apply because there is a lot of grants um for that are like um for-profit businesses that are giving away grants normally you have to be a charity but um nonetheless um there are some grants like with like bell telus yeah. those kind of things so there's grants everywhere it's just um you just have to look for that yeah. yeah um i was wondering what the name of the organization that you mentioned earlier was i believe it starts with the q i think that was c c u e mm -hmm. yeah natasha posted that earlier in the chat um so it's c u e grants and the website is q art so c u e no art sorry c u e art projects.ca and tanisha just reposted it there for you um, the other question that we had, 
was oh how do you deal with covid cancellations of gigs on the application um i guess i could talk about this as a musical artist because i know this person is in music um i haven't written a grant since covid but if i was to go about writing a grant <laughs> i think you'd have to find the other things that you do outside of just gigs um I know like Click was saying in her last workshop, you kind of have to expand and diversify, especially during this time. So if you weren't doing gigs, what are the other things that would be driving um, that kind of traffic towards you and towards your brand? Um, going back to what does your YouTube page look like? What are the projects that you have coming out? Especially if you're applying to um, like Factor, TAC or OAC, it's kind of project specific. Um, who are you collaborating with? I think now is a wonderful time. I've started doing this myself to kind of get out of your own bubble and reach out to people on Instagram because a lot of people are just sitting home um, with all this creative energy and kind of be like, hey, would you like to work on this project? Would you like to work on that project? And um, that way to you're creating this network um, that you can also add to your grant application. Like I'm working with this person in the city. I'm working with that person. Um, also too, there's a lot of, we talked about the like, Black Lives Matter movement. There are a lot of other movements coming up as well during this time um, that if you could find one that you are passionate about and um, could partner with, even if it's something in your city, I think that's a good thing to put on a grant application as well. But once again, be honest, be genuine. Um, anything from you, Tanisha or Natasha on that? What do you do in terms of like cancellation of gigs? How, what do you put on your grant application? How do you deal with that? Um, Larissa kind of said, um, they've been very lenient about um, if you have a grant already about the way you report for it or how you spend the money. Yeah. Um, a lot of them have kind of been like, you know, so long as you spend it on music creation, however that looks, that's fine. If it's not on the specific project that you've been working on. Um, and for applying for grants, what they're asking is for um, what you want to do and then what's going to, what are your backup plans if COVID hits again? Yeah, if yeah. kind of ask for a backup plan. If it doesn't ask for that, I would just include it because it looks, yeah, okay. yeah. It makes, makes you look like you're thinking of all aspects. Of the possibilities, yeah. Um, so we had also our, all the grants only available to PRs and Canadian citizens. And I think that kind of plays into the other question here that I have, are international grants a thing? And how does the, prof and does the professionalism of your social media matter? I do think the grants are for PRs and Canadian citizens, right? I don't know one that hasn't asked me to not be one of those two things. Um, so uh, international grants, can you guys speak on anything? Um, that you've probably applied to or know about and does the professionalism of your social media matter i know natasha just posted a website for international yeah there are international um grants in the sense that you can apply to for example be mentored or do your residency mm -hmm. um somewhere else in the world um you pretty much have to make the case that you and this person or organization have uh, an understanding or agreement that they will provide you with the skills or training um and they will cover the cost of 
travel and accommodation and possibly per diem. So it's a really good um, option if you have, you know, uh, this desire um, to kind of train with something that's not really available in Canada, because that would be the other thing, like, oh, why can't you go to the street? Because they have that. Um, so some type of specialized training. It could also even be a conference or workshop that you want to attend. So I think that one's pretty open-ended. Again, these things are competitive, but if you have um, a compelling um, reason and, you know, uh, the point where you are in your career to kind of warrant that training, that's a good option. Um, And I'm also just posting something, a few links that are uh, COVID-related grants and uh, for people of color. I see another request for names here. Once again, uh, just email, or even if you send us a DM at AfroWaveTO, um, just send an email to operations at AfroWaveTO.com and we'll uh, send you a resource list with some of the grants and links that you could potentially apply to as well. There are some in the chat, so if you scroll up, you'll be able to see some of the resources that we posted there too. But yeah, on international grants, I know from my experience with international grants, they wanna see you partnering for sure with an initiative that's within that country. Um, So whether it's going to be a charity or a specific cause, or you're raising money for a school or, they want to, it, they're not just going to give you the money because <laughs> you applied. Um, they want to see how you will be contribute, um, contributing to their society. So it's who are you partnering with there? How is the initiative going to, even as artists and not just um, organizations, how is the initiative going to benefit um, their culture and their society and their economy um, at the end of it all? Yeah. And for artists, there's a lot of like travel grants. Like if you yeah. have like if you want to tour and things like that, there's a lot of yeah. travel grants. Um, I know that tr- that all the councils have one, but um, so long as you kind of have like gigs already set in place, then yeah, there's so many. Honestly, I wish I could sing or do some kind <laughs> of talent because there's so much grant specific to like the music like supporting music artists mm-hmm. yeah well with those grant touring um tours too because they have them um in theater as well yes they want to support like canadian artists and canadian content yeah uh, with the gigs lined up like that's pretty much the the meat of those grants so a lot of times people on the road they're kind of setting up their own um stops on the tour so they're like i'm gonna rent this venue and perform here but they want to know that this establishment or this promoter has you on a bill like they are paying you to come and it's i don't know if this is the same tanisha but do they pay for your travel and accommodation but not like artist fees no they pay for everything so like they'll pay for like your manager They'll pay for everything. And someone asked if there's still touring grants during the pandemic. There is. Mm-hmm. Um, the The time frame is just longer. So maybe before it'll be two years. It might be like four years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are still touring grants. And it'll pay for even a stylist. If you need a stylist, yeah. makeup artist for like um, 
who everything they'll cover everything yeah i know they do ask you to be like um pretty transparent in your application though like they want to see like all the stops that you intend to make and the whole team like stuff like that but they are available i do know that um i did have you have on your team the better as well yeah does it grant Kayla's question here, does a grant invent or presentation? I'm not sure I understand that question. Kayla, well, we have another, is there a place one can go to see grant templates? Hmm. That, that's a really good resource link with um, ArtReach. ArtReach, yeah, I posted that too. color. If you scroll up, or I don't know if after we will email it, but just for me, not reinventing the wheel, it's such a great place to start because they have toolkits on grant writing, they have downloadable PDFs, they have videos that walk through different parts of writing a grant from like budgeting, planning, writing an artist statement, etc., even to reporting, program planning. It's like so much. And you can also um, join their mailing list to get updates on what grants or opportunities are available, what your peers are doing, uh, and a list of grants in general that you can apply to. So I would like scour um, their website and resources if you're new to this. Oh, I see here that some some of her responses have been to panelists and not to attendees. Um, so, Natasha and Tanisha, I know we're wrapping up now, but uh, I'm trying to look to see if there's any. Okay, so Chris, Nat- uh, Tanisha did respond saying that she would suggest reaching out to nonprofits or charities um, that would fit your project and they can apply for the grant for you. Because I just realized we've been sending the links to- um, sometimes to all panelists instead of the attendees as well. Um, also, just again, because someone just asked me about the links, if you email operations at Afrowave or um, DM us about these questions, we can send you a resource list with some of the links that have been put here. Anything that I miss, I'll just ask Natasha and Tanisha to send our way as well. We're getting a bunch of questions here. And once again, uh, we probably won't be able to get to all the questions because we do want to respect everybody's time and wrap up when we said we would. Um, so send your questions our way again, operations at afrowaveto.com, and then we can try to get the answer for you um, from one of the panelists if we don't answer it before we close. Um, I feel like grants for music videos specifically are becoming less and less besides... Uh, MVP and Factor, are there any others that we may not know about? Um, As a musical artist that has tried to get funding for music videos, I think that you've kind of hit on the only two that I know of that are still active. Um, There used to be smaller grants when I just came here that aren't active anymore. Um, And the only other place I've seen anything from music videos have been like independent studios that are looking to help artists during this time on Instagram. Um, I'm trying to think of any of the names that come to me right now. 
uh, that they've kind of decided to kind of allocate some of their funding towards that. But Factor is probably the biggest player right now in terms of music videos. Um, yeah, I all the other ones that I knew of when I just came here, they, they don't exist anymore. They're no longer active. Um, so music videos are a bit harder to get funding for. Um, I know there are some grants, I think, OAC, I think, um, and possibly TAC, where it doesn't specifically say music videos. No, not OAC, they don't fund music videos. But there are some that don't specifically say music videos that allow you to apply for um, money for music videos. I think the budget does have to be split, though, between the visual and the actual demo that you're creating. Um, so you can just look at some of their requirements for that as well and the things that they fund and don't fund um, from those major... Um, grants like Factor, OOC, TAC. Uh, when writing your grant proposal, do they require a picture for you or specific attachments or is it just writing? Uh, Kayla, they, for music artists, they do require, um, they don't usually require a picture, but it's something that they allow you to put in your supplementary stuff. Um, I don't know about for organizations. I don't think for organizations that that's a requirement. But I know for a fact that they do allow you to um, to add that in, like a press photo as a supplementary thing to kind of help boost your application. You know, you, you're investing in your photo shoots. Um, I know that they usually ask for a bio, though. So if you have a good artist bio, I would say have a good artist bio written. Um, so that you can submit those because they do want to know a little bit about you and kind of why it's important to fund your work over any other artist. Um, seeing if we have any other questions here. Does Factor have something um, like you can submit photos from projects that you've done um, yeah. that they kind of promote those stories? I think that's really helpful to yeah. just promote yourself in the industry um so getting really good quality photos um of what happened so that you can be featured and have these things on hand um, when you need them to promote that's true so that's another thing too um in terms of like organizing and, and keeping it, it's good to keep those things um like natasha said you don't really want to rewrite a grant from scratch I've done it and it's it's not fun um so keep like your uh cover art for your projects especially if you had like a big team work on it or something that you really really invested in um or that did well uh YouTube Instagram um and you want to kind of have a press kit made not necessarily to send out um but that you can access resources easily. So your press photos, um, bios are stuff that they usually ask for. And kind of any, I know factors link is kind of, like you can attach anything you want. So like reference letters, um, any links to YouTube videos, um, press photos, bios, stuff like that. Uh, what grants help you with stylists? Uh, Natasha mentioned it, but I can't recall. I think Tanisha mentioned that. It was just touring grants, I do believe. Yeah, it's a touring grant. So like it just any fees associated with putting the show or the tour on, you can um, kind of account for that. Yeah. Um, so that would be in your uh, budget breakdown, you mean, of yeah. like yeah. how you specified and how you're spending that money. Yeah. 
And so it's, it's not a grant specifically for Stalin. It's like you can include that person as a part of your team. Um, and then they're funding for the team. So you can include your stylist as part of the team. But yeah, I think it is almost 7.30 here. I want to give the panelists a chance to talk about any upcoming projects, Tanisha at Manifesto or Natasha at Peace of Mind, anything we should look out for. I know everything's kind of virtual right now um, that you want to tell attendees about. Yeah. So next year is Manifesto's 15-year anniversary. So we are not planning to go digital. We're hoping that we can do in person. also, we are also doing um, kind of like a, a series where we kind of highlight artists in the city, mm-hmm. um, not just in Toronto, but like in Canada. So if you check out our Instagram page, you'll see it in our our story. Mm-hmm. And um, or you can shoot us a DM um, if you have any like project ideas. We're always looking to collaborate um, and better serve our community. So if you have any ideas of programming or events that you want to put on that um, you think that manifesto could support you in, feel free to reach out. Um, You can email me, you can DM me. I'm here. Sounds good. Natasha, anything from you? I did so much this year (laughs) before the (laughs) pandemic. I'm tired. Um, I have a little baby, so I'm kind of like on my unofficial mat leave. Um, but really, I mean, theater, and as you know, the arts is kind of limiting, and I'm not trying to do any more Zoom (laughs) theater performances, um, or behind a big barricade of plexiglass, just not the move, um, but I am looking to, into, um, like recorded performances, um, possibly a podcast, but something where you can digitize theater for the years. Sounds good. And if you don't mind just dropping your handles in the chat as well. Um, they're also on the flyer that Afrowave put up. Uh, so you can follow the panelists, kind of see what they're up to. Uh, reach out to them. Hopefully, don't flop them <laughs> with 100 messages. Nice professional email. <laughs> um, and just kind of follow what they're doing as well. I know COVID has kind of put everything on a hold for everyone. But we want to thank you so much for giving us your time and your knowledge today. Um, I'm hoping that some of the attendees would have learned something that's helpful in terms of writing grants and kind of make it easier. It's one of those things that isn't necessarily the easiest thing to do, especially for uh, creatives. Um, So we want to thank you so much for joining us and helping us to have a little bit more in terms of how we go about writing these grants and and beating the system here. Um, Sasha, she will. (laughs) She's the (laughs) bomb.com. just thinking like well my website's not up to date (laughs) i think everyone's kind of lenient with that (laughs) now but yeah and to the attendees too for signing up and um kind of taking your time to come here and make this a whole conversation there is as i said in the last panel there's no discussion without you guys so thank you so much for that too um this is our first series that uh virtual workshop series that we're running here at Afrowave. Um, So it's good to see so much uh, enthusiasm around it. Next week, we have Brandon um, that we're going to be talking about just kind of how as an artist do you 
form your identity and then communicate that to the public. Um, I know a lot of artists kind of struggle with where exactly they want to be um, in the market. And so we thought a branding workshop would be really good um, for artists. So next week, Wednesday, at the same time, we're going to be having that. So you guys can sign up on Eventbrite for that. But yeah, thank you to everyone. It was really good. I really enjoyed this. And I'm hoping everyone learned something today. <laughs>